because that's part of what we do. We take the supplies usually to the units directly. We, you know, not just across the border. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've at various times, uh, been out to parts of Donbass, uh, Kharkiv in the North and, uh, the South as well, Kherson and, uh, Zaporizhia, uh, areas. So it's, it's a lot of driving. <laughs> Welcome to Ideas Fulfilled, a podcast by Printful Enterprise with your host, Ilse. In this bi-weekly podcast, we'll meet with e-commerce and retail professionals to chat about burning topics in the retail space, as well as the challenges and sweet moments of victory they've experienced in the labyrinths of e-commerce. Today, I'm joined by Director of Communications at Project Siren, Patrick. On February 24, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine, escalating a war that's still actively happening. Project Sirin is a Ukrainian and Western network that is dedicated to filling supply gaps of mission-essential equipment for all Ukrainian special operations units. To do so, the Sirin team operates a merch store as well as collects donations. Patrick will tell us more about the scope of the project. A small disclaimer before we jump in, Project Sirin's team members stay anonymous for security reasons, so we won't disclose any names of the team members, nor will we show Patrick's face to protect his identity. Thank you for joining us, Patrick. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Project Siren and its mission? Well, thank you for having me. Um, sure, Project Siren was the brainchild of, of a few individuals. It started about a year ago, really precipitated by the events of 24th February, uh, 2022, um, when Russia uh, went and did its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. What started out as a really just a kind of bid to help friends and family. Um, it was it was really literally uh, a couple of friends that had friends in Ukraine that were in the military, and uh, there were there were some supply needs in the beginning. Uh, as much as that invasion um, was foreseen uh, by many people, and then of course there was already a war going. Uh, there, there was a there was a surprise element. There was uh, a lot of kind of hasty preparations that were being made. There was a lot of confusion. So anyway, we we, we started this organization, like I said, in uh, in a bid to help friends and family. And once we got to the limitations of that scale, we found that there were a lot of other needs. And we were talking to people in, in the in the broader special forces community, people that were typically operating in small units throughout the Ukrainian armed services. And we conducted very much informal survey, uh, asking them what they needed, what what were they missing? Mm -hmm. And this is how we came upon uh, our focus today, which remains today of supplying night vision. Do you feel that the needs have changed as well from what you started with, with what they need now? You know, <laughs> amazingly, this many months in, um, we're, we're at a full year, right? We've exceeded a yeah. full year. The primary need there for for night vision uh and i guess broader you could call it optics there's also a range of, of thermal uh, uh devices uh that are kind of in that broader optics category it really hasn't gone away if anything uh we've just seen the numbers go up in terms of uh, requests that we get um but that's it's it's just one of these things with there's a lot of aid going into that into this uh, conflict, a lot of a lot of Western countries have obviously really stepped up to that to that challenge. 
but it's just one of these categories for whatever reason um it doesn't this type of equipment doesn't get where it needs to go mm-hmm. so that's that's why we're still focused on it to this day um there's been some changes there's been some equipment coming in no doubt um of that category that's been donated from governments but for a number of reasons we're still supplying uh, units that made requests back in March, April, May, because that's how big of a list and yeah, <laughs> somewhat limited capacity we have to address the issue. Yeah, of course. I assume it's also not just purely logistically easy to get them to Ukraine. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, it's it's uh there's all sorts of challenges like that. Not not just with our category, but since the beginning of this invasion, just humanitarian supplies, medical supplies. We we participate actually tangentially or or uh alongside other we have a lot of uh sister organizations uh here uh western usually that I'm talking about that are involved in different types of focuses on you know on supply so we've seen uh and many times uh participating in, in a lot of um of of other types of supplies and that's yeah logistics just just uh all the bureaucracy on both sides of the border Mm. Our our great Polish friends <laughs> have have presented a, a lot of challenges, probably more so than the Ukrainian side. But yeah, there's a lot of logistics issues, no doubt, that we face. And you mentioned that uh, you started out like a couple of friends as sort of an initiative. I assume that you've grown as a group as well. I saw there's like a bunch of organizations also mentioned on your website. Yeah, the um, it, it was really it really was in the beginning just. A couple of a few friends informally trying to help uh, a few other friends uh, via donations of our you know immediate network, our friends and family network, so to speak. Um, yeah, since that time, we brought in. Uh, we have a a board. Really, it's it's organized as such uh, to make uh, certain decisions where we're going to put resources and time effort into that kind of core. Uh, organization is a, is about five people. It's four or five, <laughs> depending upon rotation. It's a lot of uh, mostly ex-military, uh, U.S. Uh, Special Forces guys, and uh, then we have a, a few. Uh, we have a couple Ukrainians on there, Ukrainian nationals that are mm-hmm. involved on the other side of things, and that's just to, yeah, how we people that we knew would weigh in on important decisions that we wanted to that we knew we'd have to make organizationally. And then beyond that, yeah, all those organizations you see on our page, most of them are NGOs. There's a few, there's a few businesses involved in uh, in, in night vision. What else? <laughs> um, that are that we partnered with, that we deal with closely in various ways, whether it was a particular supply initiative or maybe helping us figure out some logistical aspect, which you just talked about. Um, they're all they're it's a diverse group. It runs the gamut from everything from training to uh, equipment supply to uh, humanitarian, uh, a lot of medical training. Uh, there's some media people in there that are doing uh, various types of journalism. And so, yeah, th- these are groups that we just work with closely that have been, we share a lot of resources that the term that came about uh, about late summer, they, they started calling these groups the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the English expression, like what's left in your refrigerator, right? Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, a term of, of endearment, of course, it was um, not everybody stuck around, let's just say, um, for, for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. It's quite difficult to, you know, be sustainable here uh, economically if you're a little NGO. 
NGO, but we've all shared resources, uh, human and otherwise, as much as possible. So it's a it's a pretty tight knit community uh, in U- in Ukraine of uh, Western uh, groups like this. That's great to hear. Yeah. And what's the scope, if you can reveal this, obviously, what's the scope of the funds you've already raised? Oh, uh, today, this is just a rough figure because I have to go back and look at the exact. Uh, but we're approaching, uh, if we haven't already just passed the the half half a million dollar mark. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it's, it, it sounds like a big number, and it is. It is. Very, we're very um, happy that we've, that we've managed that much. When it comes to the type of equipment that we turn around and purchase and supply, it's not it's not that many. It's it's quite common, depending upon the type of night vision system, to be spending anywhere from nine to twelve thousand euros uh, a piece. So you can imagine that <laughs> you're only talking about dozens of pieces of equipment. Then with that kind of money, it's it's one it's it's one of the things that if you took that money and put it towards training or medical supplies or winter clothes or other categories. Any any that you can think of, generally the money goes further. <laughs> we're, we're we're not buying high mars or tanks or <laughs> you know that expensive, but it's still it's quite expensive. And per the allowance of giving it to a single soldier, a twelve thousand or twelve thousand uh, euro piece of equipment is, yeah, you have to think about. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who you're giving it to, and you know why, and so forth. Oh. Does it at least serve for a longer time period? I hope it's not like a month that it can be used for and then then it's done. Yeah, the, the, the um, equipment is, uh, we look for durability and the type of equipment that we get is reliable. Uh, that being said, these are, you know, these are really like, they reminded me of my prior, previous experience, like in, uh, they're, they're scientific instruments, they're optics, they're like having a microscope from a lab. I mean, <laughs> mm. or, uh, you know, it's, uh, you have to take care of them or photography, right? You got to take care of your Photographers have to take care of the lenses. So there have been instances of these uh, of our equipment getting broken, damaged, lost, um, sometimes in very um, difficult circumstances uh, with casualties of uh, persons uh, that were carrying them. So, yeah, I assume that most of your um, the the funds that you get to get that equipment comes from donations, right? Yes, it's actually shifted significantly over the months from our start to where we are today. Initially, and it's kind of what gave us the idea of going to um, Printful uh, and doing merch was initially, uh, they were private donations, but two, a couple of the very large ones were coming from people who actually sold t-shirt merch. Oh. And they were unlike us, yeah, established established uh, U.S. veteran groups that had merch labels uh, that were quite popular, and uh, all of them involved with fundraising causes um, at, at yeah various points, and were open to helping us in the beginning. So we actually um, got a substantial, I'd say, about uh, over two thirds of our initial equipment supply money was coming from that. And then the rest, probably um, small donations, uh, you know, micro donations, people, grand, grand, grandmothers on PayPal. Uh, it's a substantial audience. And uh, to this day, is an important audience for us as far as donations. But yeah, that was kind of the other side of it. So we actually sought to emulate that, uh, not having the reach, not having, I mean, nowhere near the size uh, audience um, of, of these companies that helped us initially. That's how it started out. 
we had we definitely had a middle period, <laughs> which we tried a, a few different things, um, including government funding and uh, yeah, a lot. A lot we were really trying to diversify. There was a huge drop off, um, which I think is pretty widely known. But for for happens with any crisis um, with the public, yeah. And the media cycle, there was a lot of crowdfunding, you know, coming in from you know everybody in the beginning, but that dropped off about a uh, second month in. Uh, they call it they call it donor fatigue in the in in the in the NGO uh, world, uh, but that definitely happened. So that had us seeking other sources. Today, a majority of our of 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 our uh, money for this type of equipment is coming from larger NGOs companies that actually in the Baltic states there, there's a few um, charities that we work with now that have been helping us this way that. They have they have yeah a reach um, maybe more substantial than ours fundraising wise, but we continue to do uh, the merchandise. It's very uh, with Printful. It's been very helpful for us taking care of really what I would call our overhead, which yeah. we keep pretty minimal. But you know to keep personnel in this country, we don't get paid. We don't have military contracts. We're um, kind of in that in that in between <laughs> uh, status yeah. between you know government military and private sectors. It's been enormously helpful just to cover the costs, which are, you know, it's it's cheaper relative to the ones we're used to in the States, but still Ukraine, you know, to everything that would be involved that you'd be expecting to keep personnel in the country um, besides actual, you know, pay, uh, but all the, your, your, your living costs, your accommodation, our office costs, everything to keep the lights on. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a big number usually. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh that's that's really what that that gap there because we would maybe be going a month we'd have a bad month in terms of fundraising where we wouldn't be able to get a haul of of uh night vision but we still have to stay operational if we go home pack it up and go home which a lot of groups have had to rotate got people out that disrupts our ability to um to conduct yeah what we do supply wise um because there's a lot of things Besides the actual supplies and logistics, you do going to meetings here. Uh, not my favorite thing, <laughs> but there's a lot of I think of it's no one's favorite thing. doesn't matter yeah. what the cause is, but the meetings right. somehow always creep in. Endless meetings. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, that's um, that way in a lot of uh, cultures and, and countries. Uh, but Ukraine is definitely a place, especially governmentally, where they like to see your face. In order to be taken seriously, especially as a again a foreigner, they want face to face meetings. You can't really have so that, there's a lot of time, you know, that you have to fund keep that funded, <laughs> that ability. So um, that that really actually helped us when we as we've developed our own merch lines, and it's great for for awareness. The T-shirt was always a walking advertisement. I don't know exactly. Who, like, somebody said that once upon a time. With <laughs> well, it's right. It's still right. Yeah. I was going to ask, actually, like, obviously you do get some some funds from selling those T-shirts, but awareness, obviously, is another uh, benefit of doing merch. Is there anything else is that you feel how you benefit as an organization from selling merch? There's this really interesting phenomenon about this particular war in this particular time. A lot of us, uh, it's it's often said that this war is the first crowdfunded or crowdsourced war. Because uh, it's not always funding. Sometimes it's uh, just all sorts of resources. People really, though, putting putting out messages online 
And uh, it's it's been crowdsourced intelligence, what they call uh, OSINT, open source intelligence. Uh, it's been crowdsourced resources, individual units raising for you know their particular company or even smaller platoon team some piece of equipment that they needed. Or it's it's a lot of this utilization of social media channels to do the business of war fighting, of defending this country against an invasion. And I, I'm sure that it's unprecedented, at least to the d- degree that we've seen it, this war. So there's a lot of times individual military units, not even NGOs, they have their own merch. <laughs> they all have their own merch yeah. and their own followings. And it's just a way that, yeah, people know that you can readily utilize to do fundraising. Well, stepping into that, when we first thought we do ours, we were really interested in fostering a sense of community, not among just the Western NGOs, which I talked about. There's a community there, mm-hmm. but amongst the, the, the there are clients, our e, our end users. Uh, we call them technically when we're when we're licensing equipment, but these units that we're trying to serve the interest of, we wanted to foster a community between. Uh, all those units together, and then yes, these Western orgs that are trying to help that that shared sense of purpose would be yeah, obviously beneficial. But you know, what did that feel like? And you know, there was a big talk in the beginning about reinforcing things that uh, were positive, or uh, there are there's a lot of things that are very uh, 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 positive amidst war, amidst like terrible uh, tragedy and loss. Um, that we've all had to see here, whether whether it's you know very modern like memes. There's a lot of humor. Ukrainians have a lot of humor. Uh, there's just uh, what's m- one of my favorite ones is the uh, adoption of the of the, uh, uh, the it's called a shaka sign or the or the hang loose sign. It's, uh, it's something that first arose in uh, Hawaii and was adopted early on by surfers. It's like this, you know, everything's going to be fine, guys. You know, friendship. Yeah. It's a friendship sign. That's what it is. And and combined with kind of relaxed, <laughs> you know, everything's going to be fine. And that's, uh, yeah, that's very popular here. It was very popular here prior to the invasion, but even more so. Like things like that, uh, we wanted to focus on rather than just the kill, 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 you know, because that's part of the warrior's propaganda too. That sense of community and positivity and uh, we're in this together. That's That's what, so it's, you know, that's, is that a type of awareness? Yes. But it's a specific type, I think, community building. Uh, we wanted it to parallel um, what we have online. For, for better or for worse, we're very much uh, Instagram centric. It's just, no particular reason. It just came about that way. There's a community there that it, it's pretty clear when you encounter it because everybody's posting each other's things. They're all kind of feeding off of each other. It's you know, in the thousands of uh, very common audience that circulates among. Well, I think the word community really sort of captures the feeling. I know that when we talk with some other customers as well, that's one of the things they mentioned that selling merch partly just helps to build that community. It's like uniform is potentially not a good word, but it's some sort of sign of recognition with each other as well. And you stay connected with other people. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's tribalism in the and maybe the most tribalism could be negative or positive, but yeah, and, and this is yeah, there, I mean, there really is like all these, I try, I try not to use marketing terms too much, but I, I, I have some background in that, in that area, but you know, it, it really is a lifestyle, uh, uh, type brand or community. 
even in war fighting, even today, especially today, again, with the social media channels, that's what's being promoted. Like, how, what, what does one's life look like amidst war here? You know, what, what do you, who are these people? What are their personalities? What do they commonly identify with? Um, what's our shared experience? What, do we, what music do we like? What music don't we like? You know, that, those sort of things um, are all part of the equation. Yeah, it's a tool. You just have to use it. Otherwise, someone else will. Mm -hmm. um, but how do you go about, I don't know, picking products and doing designs, which seems like such a trivial thing when you have, you know, soldiers to support at the same time? I don't think anybody on our team had a merch background. We, we knew of companies. We worked with companies. We knew what we liked on T-shirts. We knew what we didn't like. You know, our personal, uh, many times outdated because a lot of us are... Uh, uh, almost middle age or oh yeah past <laughs> in my own case um you know meaning we might not be really attuned to what uh, 20 year olds want yeah we, we i guess we started in our case we started with um the kind of symbology of of what our uh, organization uh it has a funny name siren by the way it's just, it sounds like siren for for a good reason it's a cognate uh siren um particular to the ukrainians um to the Kiev Rus. Siren is an owl. It's an owl that uh, sees at night, right? But it's a, 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 a deity, mythical owl that um, was uh, leading leading enemies to their death in the forest. Isn't that nice? <laughs> that is that, perfect. Nice bedtime story, right? <laughs> uh, but also simultaneously, and I don't understand this too, because it sounds contradictory, but also a, a harbinger of good luck, I guess for the other side. I'm not... <laughs> Probably. Um, and fortune, yeah. So yeah, we saw that, and uh, anytime we can mine uh, things in the lore and myth of um, of the Kiev Rus, any of the folk heritage here, we have fun with that. I think it just, yeah, it grounds it. So we had kind of that some symbology. We had some. Uh, we got a very. Um, uh, we would get a, we, we were fortunate enough to get a, get a graphic designer to 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 do a to do a logo type for that, and and, and its variants always kind of uh, pictured as a, uh, something that would be prone to um, uh, patches, mm -hmm. uh, embroidery. That's a, a very important part of, of, of this culture, subculture here amongst these units. Uh, people trade what they would have called in the old days, um, they would have called them morale patches, unofficial patches. There's all sorts of patches that these soldiers trade amongst each other. It's like, a, yeah, it's a sign of community here. You know, get, we'll give you one of ours for one of yours. They're often... Uh, they, 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 yeah, a lot of humor. <laughs> it goes into a lot of these patches. A lot of, uh, like I said, they're unofficial. The, the morale patches. So we wanted to, yeah, we were building into that iconography, that graphic style. But also, uh, and at least in our case, uh, we were emulating uh, uh, some retro uh, surfwear designs, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds very, very different. But when when we were, but we were very much mindful of that. Um, that hang loose shaka uh, mm -hmm. had been adopted here. And we thought, oh, that would be interesting and positive and an interesting mix, you know, uh, to have, yeah, these shirts that you normally, uh, people identified in the, in the, the you know, going back to since the 1970s, really, but in, in uh, California culture, which is all pervasive, right? Um, that, Seems like it now, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's pretty familiar with what like a surf shirt is, and you know, sunsets and surfboards and good times, right? You don't identify that with uh, what's really, yeah, an apocalyptic war. But um, we thought that to mix those two things would somehow 
be a, an interesting contradiction to be positive, something that people could latch onto. Because frankly, every other piece of merch in uh, amongst uh, military veterans is a usually uh, full of uh, grim reapers and skeletons and <laughs> signs of death. So we anything we could do that wasn't that, yeah, that's how we were trying to choose designs. Uh, but yeah, taking a lot from the lore here and the color and iconography of, uh, yeah, we've used Ukrainian flag colors, all those things. And uh, how much should, like obviously setting up usually takes a little bit more time when you're starting to sell merch, but right now, does the upkeep take you a lot of time or it's... Actually, it's pretty plug and play. I mean, I think that's one of the most attractive things about the platform is that for us, we're, you know, we're a small org. You know, I was doing the, the uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, actually, I'm sure I'm the only one in our org who knows how to do front end uh, <laughs> responsive web platform design. I had never done a store before, though. Uh, so we built a store uh, and then, yeah, the back end part, I, I just think it's it's really plug and play. There was definitely a little bit of a learning curve um, with with Printful's processes for um, fulfillment and shipping, and had to had to figure out what shipping zones are. We never really contemplated any of those things. Had always been a consumer, never a fulfiller, or yeah, uh, on the on the back end of e-commerce. I was surprised how easy it was relative to people who I've seen in the olden days, like a decade ago, do their own uh, merch stores. I was pleasantly surprised that way. And, and even to this day, um, it's not like we've had an enormous volume of sales, but I'm always surprised how little uh, mess ups or, or errors um, there have been. So yeah, that's that's been, the upkeep has been minimal, I would say. That's great. So what's in the future pipeline for Project Syrian? What are you focusing on now? You're now in Ukraine, do I understand correctly? Yeah. I am in Ukraine. I'm I'm in the uh, what is very different the the west western portion of Ukraine, which is pretty darn quiet most of the time. You wouldn't even know that there's a war going here, except for the well, there's daily air raids. But yes, I'm I'm in the western Ukraine. We move around a lot because that's part of what we do. We take the supplies usually to the units directly. We you know not just across the border. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, we've. We've at various times uh, been out to parts of Donbass, uh, Kharkiv in the north, and uh, the south as well, Kherson and uh, Zaporizhia uh, areas. So it's it's a lot of driving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never driven actually. My whole you took all if you took all the driving that I've done my whole life, and I'm quite a traveler. Uh, the 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 driving that we've done. <laughs> And during this, this last year has exceeded everything. It's just a lot of lot of hours spent on the road. Had you been to Ukraine before the war? Yes, I came here in two thousand three the first time, which is earlier than most of my colleagues. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, earlier than all of them. Um, so I've been coming here for for yeah, wow, twenty years, twenty years, and it's changed a lot. And but during those times, for for purposes other than yeah, war fighting, usually to do. Uh, my background uh, includes a lot of uh, production and uh, media. We had a lot of good developers here, a lot of good uh, artisans, illustrators, set builders. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of skills in Ukraine that were attractive to us to to work with over the years. So um, that that was my exposure, at least personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a lot of these guys that we work with, they had. 
train uh, soldiers here or, you know, had met the people, soldiers from here on exchanges or, uh, yeah, various joint training programs, which of which there have been uh, quite a bit uh, in, the, in the past decade, especially. And uh, how can our listeners support your project? Where do they go? What do they do? I mean, there's a number of uh, ways. Well, I we, we love having people on our Instagram. Uh, so is this just the shameless plug part? <laughs> yes, this is. Go ahead, plug away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's we're we're at Project Sirin, Project S I R I N, um, on Instagram, on the gram, <laughs> um, and uh, we have a, a, a similarly named uh, a website, ProjectSirin.com. They're they're different in terms of the type of content. Uh, our social media is much more kind of. Uh, really syndicating a lot of our partner groups, a lot of military units. Uh, we're reposting a lot of content. Sometimes you'll see our shirts, you know, worn by military units, by people here in the, this community, but it's more timely. Um, whereas our site is uh, really picking up much more with mission statements. And then we have a store where our, that's, that's definitely where um, that is dynamic. That's updated to whatever new merch we have. And uh, uh, there's also a donor uh, page there. It's pretty clear. Uh, if you don't do it via the merch, you can you can do it directly. Um, right now we have PayPal and crypto. Although we have gotten surprisingly little crypto. I thought crypto would be a big thing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps um, the time will come for crypto as well. Yeah, and it actually is for a lot of groups. It's been very um, important here because of the bureaucracy related to Ukrainian organizations spending their money on supplies and not being able to easily move their funds outside. So crypto has had its, its role here. Um, yeah, <laughs> circumventing bureaucracy when, it, when bureaucracy is really a hindrance. But yeah, that's that's where you can go see our, uh, our, our website, our Instagram, our two main channels online, definitely. Great. Well, thanks, Patrick, for joining. Best of luck in your efforts. Again, thank you very much for doing what you're doing. Thank you for, thank you for uh, having me on. Um, and thank you for such a great platform too. For us, uh, we wouldn't have done it otherwise. We wouldn't have really had the uh, the wherewithal uh, or yeah, bandwidth, I guess you could say, to to really go and, and do something like that. It was just you know enough under our threshold of effort to be able to do it. And I think it's uh, established it for us and taught us a lot. So it's, it's very useful. I'm very happy to hear that you're finding it easy to use because, you know, like with every job, I think I also sometimes forget, like, oh, I have to go to work today. But hearing stories where we can help people do do good things always makes it much, much heartwarming and easier. Yeah, no, that's important, isn't it? For no matter what line of work or what company you're working for, you need to, to sometimes step, be able to step back and get a uh, a picture of the end result. What's what? What, what impact is this actually having? Because yeah, you can forget about that when you're in the weeds. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Patrick from Project Siren. If you would like to help their cause, check the links in our description. You'll find all the necessary information there. And stay tuned for more episodes of Ideas Fulfilled by Printful Enterprise. 